Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com lessons from the world's top professors anytime any place world history examined and science explained this is one day university welcome You're listening to Half Hour History, Secrets of the Medieval World. I'm your host, Mike Coscarelli. Well, we're finally here, folks. It's the moment you've all been waiting for, or dreading. I don't know what you're into, but the plague is finally here. And so is the late Middle Ages. Now, Black Death didn't just hit once, it hit multiple times. And the population didn't recover for centuries. It's a crazy story. Lots of fun. Here's Chris to tell you all about it. Now, I want to start from the beginning by saying the Black Death is more than a medical event. It's impossible to say it's just a medical event because it's a huge medical event. It's not the first plague in history. We've had plagues in ancient Athens in the middle of the 400s. There was a plague in Byzantium in the 500s. But the Black Death becomes a model for all of the plagues and all of the epidemics um, in history. Uh, When AIDS first started, somebody used the expression, the Black Death, about it. Hold totally different scale. But the Black Death is more than a medical event, because the Black Death is an event that had profound social economic implications. We've been talking about the early Middle Ages, little bumpy Carolingian Renaissance in the middle of it, the high Middle Ages, the flowering of knighthood and chivalry and universities and guilds and the Gothic landscape, and now the fall. So the 200-year period of what we call the late Middle Ages, from about 1300 to about 
1500 has the Black Death right in the middle. It's kind of like the 1930s, the American and worldwide Great Depression lasting 200 years. So let's talk about the Black Death, not just as a medical event, which we will, but also as a social event and what the impact was on demographics. And to look at the Black Death, we have to look at just before it to see its impact. The population before the Black Death, well, from 1,000 to 1,300, Western European population rises 250%. That's not a mistake. How do we know that? We have baptismal records. That's how we know that. We have records of people who pay taxes. We have a census. When the Norman invasion occurs in 1066, William Duke of Normandy says, hey, what do I have now? And you get the doomsday book from that, and it's a count of all sorts of things. So we really think we know pretty well from the social and economic historians that the European population was doing very nicely indeed. Now, I'm going to be using more statistics than I normally do in these topics, um, and I subscribe to what Mark Twain said about lies, that there are three types of lies. There are lies, there are damn lies, and then there are statistics. And you can use statistics to prove anything, but nevertheless, I'm going to foray out there. England's population from 1,000 to 1,300, from 2 to 5 million. France from 6 to 14 million. Germany and Italy combined from 4 to 11 million. And here's an important point for the Black Death. 40% of Europe's population are under the age of 15. It's the exact opposite, by the way, of the direction in which we're going now. The direction that the world population is going now is that it is a disproportionately aging population in the 21st century because we are living longer and better and healthier. But in this period of time, right before the Black Death, four out of ten people alive in Europe are 15 or younger. And they are clusters of population. It's a largely rural population, but we also had big cities. Remember that as well. And the Black Death's going to hit both of those. What was the climate like before, during, and after the Black Death? Well, one of the reasons why you have this great rise in population is that from 1000 to 1300, the climate was really good. Now, how do we know this? Through a group of people known as the paleoclimatologists. These are people who study tree rings. And you know that if you cut a tree down, you can see how old the tree is. And if you have a very thin ring, that means that the growth period was poor. A thick ring means that the growth period was good. A thick ring means that the air was warm and that there was plenty of moisture. And this was part of that agricultural revolution and the agricultural expansion. Good harvest, good harvest, good harvest. From a subsistence to a surplus economy, that led from an agricultural revolution to a commercial revolution, and the population begins to move into cities where they are packed closer, where disease can move more quickly. But then, again, thanks to our paleoclimatology friends, from 1300 to 1500, the climate got colder and wetter. We have accounts way up north in Scandinavia that the pack ice was drifting up north, and that restricted exploration and trade up in Scandinavia and the British Isles between Britain and Ireland all the way up to Iceland and Greenland. At the same time, you had flooding in northern Europe. So you have more water up north. It's colder. It's going to be pack ice. But a little bit further down, now I'm in what we call the low countries, 
the Netherlands today, this particular area, the uh, water is not freezing, it's flooding. And so if it's flooding, that impedes the textile trade because the textile trade gets impacted. The wool cannot run back and forth as quickly. The finished products can't go back as easily because this flooding has these very difficult currents that are involved in it. And what we would call factories, not quite factories, but places where you store warehouses, these things get flooded. If wool gets wet, forget it. It's absolutely useless. Uh, A little example is when you think of England, you don't normally think of wine, but England had from 1000 to 1300, a minor wine industry. The climate change is such that England no longer had that anymore. So it wasn't a huge part of the economy, but it was um, a product that basically collapsed, um, an economy that basically collapsed. And then, again, our sources are very good on this. In 1313, in 1317, and in 1322, you had a series of heavy rain alternating with drought. When you have heavy rain alternating with drought, the topsoil gets washed away and you have poor harvests. Poor harvests, lower nutrition. Lower nutrition, famine. Famine leads to hunger. Hunger leads to mortality going up. Just think of yourself. If you haven't had enough food to eat and water to drink, if you haven't had your second cup of coffee in the morning, you get a headache. You start to wear down. You start to get tired. And when you get sick, you get sicker, right? Because you feel like your immune system is depressed. And that's what's happening on a massive scale. In fact, that coldness proceeds to such an extent that from 1500 to 1900, yes, 1900, there's a little mini ice age, mini. It's not hugely different. You know, we don't have mastodons walking around Chicago, but it's a little bit colder. And a few degrees can make a big difference at either end of your growing, your planting, and your harvesting seasons. And that can be the difference literally between life and death. So it's into this context of a weakened population for several decades that the Black Death hits. So the Black Death's impact is higher because people's immune systems are depressed and they're not as physically strong. And so, yes, let's go to the details. It spreads fast, like wildfire, from 1347 to 1351. Starts out in China. We have, we have uh, records out in China telling us that this plague is moving from the Far East to the Middle East. It hits Italy. Why does it hit Italy? Because Italy is trading with various areas, and these fleas on rats are on ships, so it's going to hit Italy first. And then it's going to move up through continental Europe. You've all seen these maps of the path of the Black Death um, month to month, week to week. We can even track it. And the way that the population dies is very interesting. You know this, right? That a quarter to a third, so 25 to 35 round numbers, of the population dies. More men died than women. Why? We have no idea. Monks, nuns, and friars die in hugely disproportionate numbers for two reasons. One is monks and nuns were living in closed communities. Now usually you would think, well, a closed community, a monastery convent is going to protect you. Yeah, but stuff still has to get back and forth. A sack of flour might have fleas in it, 
And if the fleas come in, infect one person, and then all bets are off. And it's going to rattle around that closed community rapidly, more rapidly than an open community, because the disease has nowhere else to go. At the same time, monks, nuns, and friars left the monasteries and convents and went to minister to the dead, to the dying, and the dead as well. And so they picked up the disease that way, an honorable, almost a martyr's death. Now, do you remember when I told you that 40% of Europe's population is under the age of 15? Well, now take that number and think of this. 60 to 70% of the people who died, 60 to 70% of the people who died in the Black Death were 15 years old and under. So the population can't recover if the people who are going to make babies aren't there. So after the Black Death, you have an old and a young population. And marriage and birth rates plummet. You have fewer young people. So you have old women and younger men. They may fall in love, and the younger men may be looking for inheritances, but they can't have children if the women are postmenopausal. So the population cannot replicate itself. In fact, it takes 300 years for the population of Europe to go back to its numbers before the Black Death. 300 years. And it's primarily because 40% of the population was under the age of 15, and 60 to 70% of the people who died were 15 or younger. Now, we tend to think of the Black Death as a one-shot deal. It came, it left. Untrue. The Black Death recurred every 15 to 20 years for about three cycles. And then it recurred every 35 to 50 years for about three cycles. What's happening? Look at people getting older, people recovering, the population recovering a little bit so that they could have children, and there's an immunity that's building up. That's why the spacing, 15 to 20 years for a few cycles, 35 to 50 years for a few cycles. So you can see the spacing out of the return of the disease because people are getting stronger against it. But it kept coming back. So can you imagine this thing which changed the way everybody sees the world? It's a tornado, it's a hurricane that comes, and then it comes back again. You may experience it three times in your lifetime. It's not a -a once-in-a-lifetime event. And if you've gone through it once and then it comes back again, it's all the more frightening because the first time you don't know what the heck is going on, but the second time, well, you certainly do know what's going on. And it's scary. In fact, some of you may have read Samuel Pepys' Journal of a Plague Year where he talks about plague in the city of London in the year 1665, the year before the Great Fire, which is also described in his diary. That plague was the plague, the Black Death, coming back about 300 years later. And then it's even in Marseille, the port of Marseille, in France in 1720. Now, What was the disease? Well, we've been able to dig up bodies and we've been able to look at not bone marrow, which isn't there anymore, but the pulp that's in teeth. 
of plague victims. And using kind of CSI, kind of investigating, we can figure out what types of strains of the plague this were. There were three types of strains, and we also have this from accounts of what happened to the bodies. There was bubonic plague, which was not contagious. People, everybody thought it was contagious. It wasn't. What's contagious is the flea jumping from your body to mine. 60 to 80 percent mortality. So if you got the bubonic plague, chances were good that you would not survive, and it took about five or six days. So you had about a week to live. And it was called the Black Death because the bubonic plague produced these black or bloody swellings in your lymph nodes. And that's why you have the description of these swellings in your neck, under your arms, or in the groin area. And that's the Black Death. It's communicated via fleas, as I said, not person to person. And the flea would suck the infected blood from rats, and the rats or the fleas would bite humans. And that's how that was spread, and that was most of what this Black Death was. There were two other strains of it. The pneumonic strain of it, which was highly contagious, person to person. Are you ready for this? 100% mortality. Two to three days. And this was... Uh, characterized not by the swelling in the lymph node system, the neck, the groin, or the armpit, but by the coughing up of blood. Well, that's how pneumonic plague um, was spread through this blood that, that you would cough up. So if somebody is coughing in a market, you know, that's it. Somebody coughs on um, near a bunch of produce, well, that person can't sell the produce, and that poor person basically dies in the street. Another is called septicemic plague, which was insect-borne. Again, 100% mortality, and this is just incredible. Six hours. Six hours to live? Wow. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll find out what astrologers, yes, astrologers, thought was causing the plague. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Okay, quick math. 
The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Now, remember I said that this is a medical event, but not just a medical event. What was the social, economic, religious impact of this event? Well, we have all sorts of accounts that make us wonder, what would I do in that situation? One set of accounts damns the church by saying, well, lots of priests did not give what they used to call extreme unction, last anointing, last rites, um, because the priests were afraid of being contaminated themselves. And that's a damnation of those priests, and maybe some did. Yet, we do have evidence that monks, nuns, and friars died at a hugely, not just disproportionate, but hugely disproportionate um, rate. We have accounts that we have to allow God to take care of the souls because so many die they can't have a proper burial so they're just kind of thrown into these mass graves lime is thrown on top of them and we just hope that um, the decomposition of the bodies doesn't somehow reach us we have accounts of mothers and fathers abandoning their families Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know whether a mother or a father would abandon a child. We do have stories of people abandoning their elderly parents. That turns our stomach as well. It's hard to separate fact here from Apocrypha because when things start going wrong, you know, the rumor mill starts churning. We can all remember moments in our own lives where we've turned on the radio and we've heard that strange phrase, we have unconfirmed reports that makes us wonder why those unconfirmed reports are being reported. This is all you have at that time. Unconfirmed reports. Panic. So what do some people do? Some people close up shop. And if the disease doesn't get into your house, your monastery, your convent, you're okay. But if it does, I mean, it's an all-or-nothing operation. Some people leave. They flee to the countryside. And the people who flee to the countryside tend to be people who have the money to have a villa far from the city. In fact, Boccaccio's Decameron is a collection of stories told while these rich people wait the Black Death out. There are 10 people, they have 10 days, so they're each going to tell one story a day, and that's how you get the Decameron, right? 10 stories a day, 100 stories, it's a bunch of rich people twiddling their thumbs in a rich villa far from a city, hoping that the Black Death doesn't 
make it in, doesn't infect their, their refuge, um, if you will. So we have all sorts of accounts of religious explanations. Explanations and reactions. Quite frankly, nobody knows what the heck is going on. And people start to try to figure it out. Well, that makes sense, right? So what do they do? There were discussions about what was going on in the East. So you have to remember that in Europe, right, in particularly university settings and among the merchant classes, because the merchants would have had contact with news from abroad before anyone else because of their ships, they heard about this this plague, this disease going off in the Far East. And so what is going on, on in the East becomes part of the discussion. And so what do you do? You go to the University of Paris. The University of Paris is the Harvard and Yale and Princeton and Stanford and University of Chicago and Sorbonne and Oxford and Cambridge all wrapped up into one. Um, this is where the heavy hitters are. And they say to the people there, particularly the medical faculty, what's going on? Now, these people go to their astrological charts. Now, we hear that and we go, whoa, this is crazy. They're reading horoscopes. Astrology is really astronomy in this age. And if you go all the way back to Egypt and ancient Sumeria and Assyria, the people who are called astrologers are really astronomers. They're scientists. They're not reading tarot cards. Um, and they say, well, maybe something went on in the eastern sky. So they get their charts out, and they come up with this explanation of bad air. That's the explanation. Does not strike us as very scientific, but in their terms, it made sense, thinking historically. That in the east, remember the, the disease is coming from the east, there was a war between the sun and the sea in the Indian Ocean. This is the white paper or memorandum that was written by the University of Paris medical faculty to publicize their findings. That in the East there had been a war between the sun and the sea in the Indian Ocean. Why do they say this? Because they noted that on March 20th, 1345, there had been a conjunction of planets within the constellation of Aquarius. What were the planets? Saturn, Jupiter and Mars. So this this conjunction of planets, Saturn, Jupiter, and Mars. Saturn representing death, Jupiter representing air, and Mars representing pestilence. And that this confluence produced, according to one explanation, hot and dry air, according to another explanation, warm and humid air, And that air mass moved from east to west along trade routes, when what was really moving were fleas on infected rats along trade routes. But their notion was that the disease was somehow out there, as opposed to on the ground, and this was the bad air explanation. The Italians started to quip about this. And the best advice that I ever read as to how to avoid the plague, the Italian said, take three pills. Cito, longe, and tarde. Cito, run away fast. Longe, stay away, go far. 
entarde, return after a long time, run away fast, go really, really far, and don't come back for a long, long time. And in some ways, that advice was as good as any. The reaction went both ways. And it's interesting because if you look at the plague that hits Athens around 430 BCE, you have the same reaction. You have people who become religious fanatics, who become very austere, and then you have people who say, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we shall die, rich or poor, good or bad, old or young, pious or evil, everybody's dying. So, why not have a good time? So, we have accounts of this tremendous licentiousness where people are drinking and having sex in the streets and they're going to die anyway, so who really cares? Let's just gorge ourselves with food and drink and sex. And then you also have religious fanatics, the flagellante, the flagellants, who said, this must be a plague sent on us by God because of our sins, and so we must purge our bodies. And particularly in Germany and Italy and France, they marched through the streets, stripped down, and they whip themselves with cords. Sometimes the cords have uh, metal uh, spikes or, or triangles on the end of them, and they, they bleed themselves, thinking that if they um, expunge their sins, God will allow the plague to end. And then, of course, the Jews get blamed for this. We have pogroms against Jews, saying that Jews poisoned the wells, or somehow Jews burned something that infected the air. So again, the pogroms against Jews are byproducts of this religious fanaticism as well. Uh, we can't say that the Black Death isn't depressing, because you know that great flowering comes crashing down. The Black Death, more than just being a medical event, is a complete reorientation of medieval society. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Half Hour History, Secrets of the Medieval World. Next is our final episode. Are you upset? I am. It's the end of the Middle Ages and the beginning of the Age of Exploration. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. Half Hour History, Secrets of the Medieval World from One Day University is a production of iHeart Podcasts and School of Humans. If you're enjoying the show, leave a review in your favorite podcast app and check out the Curiosity Audio Network for podcasts covering history, pop culture, true crime, and more. School of Humans. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events, chef-prepared meals, 
safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 4-14-24 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.